0: And welcome back to the Film School for Marketers podcast. This is episode number 41. As always, I am one of your hosts, Zach Basner from Impact, and I'm joined by my bud, Will Schultz. Howdy. We have a pretty cool topic to discuss today. We really appreciate when you guys let us know what you'd like us to talk about. And this one was a A really good suggestion, which by the way, if you ever want to suggest things that we discuss here on the podcast, a great place to do that. There's many ways to do it, but the best place to do it is in the Film School for Marketers Facebook group. That's a private group. It's open for anybody to join uh, with some basic requirements, but it's a great place to network with other in-house videographers and marketers and, you know, sales professionals that are using video and things like this. A lot of great stuff happening over there. Shout out to Kendall from Aquila Commercial for giving us a suggestion of what to discuss this week. She said, how are you continuing to film slash produce content at the quality pre-COVID if your talent is at home using basic webcams that are built into their computers and don't have good audio and you don't have your videographer there? Yeah, so uh, great question, Kendall. Thank you so much for that suggestion. It's something that I imagine many of us are dealing with right now, in fact, Probably all of us are dealing with this. And really the short answer is you probably can't. So given our conditions here of we want to film and produce at the same quality pre-COVID without the videographer, without the equipment, either cameras or audio, it's really difficult, right? Unless you were willing to invest money into getting your people the right equipment, and the training to shorten the learning curve of what it takes to produce something at that quality, right? There's a reason why we hire the videographers because they have a, a unique skill set. So, Will and I thought a lot about this though, because just because you can't produce the same quality, what can you do? And also, is the fact that you can't record that same quality really an issue right now? So, given the circumstances, the tolerance for production value is actually going to be much lower than it was just a couple months ago. So I'm not convinced that it's as big of a problem as we might think it is to not have that same production value. And also Will and I were discussing how even before all of this happened, we have a number of clients who were using Zoom recordings in their videos and actually producing something pretty remarkable of high quality and it's valuable and the content is good and, and that's a whole separate other discussion about, you know, content first has to be good. But we've come up with today eight tips that we believe are going to help you produce higher quality videos at home, whether you're using your webcam or the technology that you already have. And I'm excited about it. If uh, we come up with tips along the way, we might throw some bonus ones in as well. But
1: Will, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your first tip? Yeah, and I made these tips with the idea in mind that it's partially for a videographer that is trying to just make content to have the business stay relevant online, but also for the rest of the organization that maybe is just getting comfortable using webcam in general right now. And so whether this is internal Zoom meetings or sales team members that are starting to Have to reach out to businesses in ways that they haven't in the past. This is who those tips are really for. And so, the first one that I wanted to hit home early was that the best thing you can do is tweak your composition and what's behind you in a way that sets you up for success for everything else that you're doing. And what I mean by that is there's a few things that you can do with your backgrounds to just make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. Make a clean, orderly background behind you. Um, One way to do that is just to pick the best spot in your house that you have the most control over. Uh, And that's going to be a little bit different for everyone, but I wouldn't shy away from a place that maybe feels way too residential. Like if your kitchen is behind you, it's not necessarily the biggest deal as long as that's a place that you can actually keep clean. Uh, For other people, that's just going to be a basement. I'm actually just having a blank wall behind me right now to stay as clean as I can be Um, because I'm not necessarily in the cleanest home. I would also recommend to set up your your composition in a way that allows just for things to look and feel clean from what's behind you so one of the best things that i tell people to do when they're starting webcam videos is to keep their uh, camera at a totally right angle They should be totally straight off and have all lines be completely vertical within the video. It's just going to look a lot less like you're you're looking down having a double chin trying to have a a laptop video shot or anything and it it just makes things look a little bit more aesthetically pleasing and clean if you can have that clean background, um, an easy composition and then the last piece of the composition that I want to hit home is how far away you should actually be from the, the camera itself. Um, A lot of organizations will have videographers taking webcam videos from sales team members or other subject matter experts and doing a little bit of fine tuning, um, whether that be from a DSLR or a webcam video. And the best thing you can do for your videographer to make their lives a lot easier is to stand further back than you probably think. Um, The best thing that I could say is give yourself at least like a chest high angle. But what you really should be thinking of is if my videographer needs to punch in on me just to splice a couple of things together. Give them that ability to stand a little bit further back and then punch in when they need to, or at least get a couple different angles from the one camera take. Whether that be on your webcam or on your your DSLR, all these little things go a long way to make the lives of who's going to be editing this a lot easier.
0: Yeah, it almost makes me think too is if you're going to do multiple takes to do them at different distances from the webcam, this way the videographer has a little bit more play in what they can edit as well. Uh, because you will have a little bit of quality degradation by trying to zoom in on an already, you know, pixelated recording. I think this is kind of a bonus tip that maybe you should do a couple different takes of everything that you're going through this way that they have more flexibility to go through. So that's that's a good tip, right? So watch your composition, uh, make your videographer's life easier, whoever's editing this. Another thing, if you're using your webcam, so that was part of our qualifications, right there. This is what the people have is they have a the webcam that's attached to their computer and a lot of what people think is the only way to actually capture anything is like through Zoom or something like that. But in reality, there's a lot of programs that you can use to to do webcam captures. And one that almost every computer that I know of has is QuickTime. So if you open QuickTime and you go up to File, New, you'll see Movie Recording. And that is going to be the highest quality that you can get out of your webcam. It's not gonna be compressed like Zoom or some other video conferencing software is gonna do. The reason it compresses it it makes the, the, the file easier to save and transfer, but also that's a lot less data it has to send through the interwebs to whoever you're speaking with. And you can also simultaneously have a Zoom call and be recording with QuickTime at the same exact time. So if you're interviewing somebody, You can just have them, you can talk with them through Zoom, but have them open up QuickTime and do a new movie recording. That's going to get you the maximum resolution out of the webcam you
1: have in your computer. All right, tip number three. This one also has to do with just a little bit of on-camera performance tactics, but the best thing that you could do for recording video in general right now is to allow yourself only one take and just go all the way through. And what I mean by that is a lot of people will get sort of stuck in their heads on what they should or shouldn't be saying and they start to like memorize lines and that's when all of a sudden your videos don't really come off as genuine anymore. The best thing that you could be doing is allow some of those ums and ahs because A, it's gonna make you speak a little bit more from the heart, a little more genuinely and honestly and B, it's just gonna humanize what the video is meant to be anyway. And to Zach's point, like production threshold right now is very, very low. People are used to seeing a lot of um, just toned down quality of content right now, that's not going to turn someone off as long as the substance of the information is really, really great. And one thing that I've seen business or, um, excuse me, subject matter experts or videographers do to get themselves out of that headspace as well. And something that I think just creates better content in general is if you actually stand up while you're recording your content, um, whether that be you just make a little janky standing desk on your dining room table with a box or something similar to that, you're going to Just have a totally different energy in your videos if you're standing up and you're moving around a little bit more. Um, It just gives you, aside from it being a little bit more of an authoritative take, it allows you to just have the energy and a a little bit more of a, a pep than you would have if you were sitting down recording the same video over and over again as well.
0: Yeah. Command presence, right? Try and stand up or sit in a stool, which is another good one. I oftentimes sit in a stool because it's more comfortable rather than standing up the whole time. But uh, whatever you do, have good posture, have good command presence. So let's say you, um, you're recording with your webcam. So you're using QuickTime or Zoom, something like this, but you don't really have a good microphone. So for this, unfortunately, you might have a bit of an investment here. What I'd recommend is that you buy a very inexpensive lavalier microphone that can either hook into your laptop or your computer or just hook right into your phone. Um, in fact, the voice memo app on iPhone, I imagine Android has a similar one of, I haven't had an Android in many years, but I imagine there's a similar app. Uh, these microphones are actually pretty good and, this, and the recording software is good as well. So what I've done a few times is I've actually used my phone without a microphone at all and just did a voice memo, used it as a mic to pick up something and you can clean it up pretty well. Uh, but if you buy like the Rode SmartLav Microphone, it hooks straight up to your phone. You can clip it on, and then you could just use your phone as a recorder, and you're going to have much higher um, quality recordings than otherwise. Really, that's the best option. I wouldn't recommend getting something like what we're using to record right now—a podcast mic—just uh, because it's not really suitable for for talking head style videos. If you're doing podcast recordings or something like that, or you're recording some sort of courses, then I'd recommend something like that. But um, the lavalier is going to be best. It's going to give you the most flexibility in terms of moving around. Um, and that's that's pretty much the, the standard for shooting a talking head or interview style videos. He's a lovelier microphone anyhow. So we'll drop the link for that Rode SmartLav in the notes. Uh, so you can check that out. It's pretty inexpensive. I think it's like 70 bucks, something like that,
1: but a small investment for higher quality audio. All right. The next tip for you here is to lean into new technology when it comes to presenting online. And I think now there's there's more important than ever to find ways to be a little bit cutting edge compared to other businesses that have been maybe using Zoom for a long time. Um, there's one tool that I found uh, just last week that I've actually started to put to use in some of my my Zoom conference calls actually, and it's called Ecamm Live. It allows you to add images or PDFs actually to the presentation that you're giving. So if I was a talking head right now, I could literally have uh, like a PDF pull up in this video. I've been talking through proposals with this tool. I've also been just showing images or screenshots of previous clients' work with some of my existing clients. And I've gotten a few um, eyebrow raises from my clients about just what the professionalism looks like when I'm presenting in this way. And I've Aside from just doing this live, I've also actually had the ability to record a couple of videos and use them just for my one-to-one Go videos through Vidyard. And a lot of people really appreciate it just because sometimes it's easier to do that than just having a screen share along the way if you need something that's in frame of camera and also um, some level of visual need for just the in-person look as well.
0: That's a good tip because that allows anybody who's not a video editor to essentially make and cut together their own videos. Yeah,
1: exactly, and it gets a little bit scrappier. So it's it's something that you don't need to edit afterward. But again, like people don't really feel like you need to edit if you have a couple of these visual aids involved. Um, I have a couple businesses that have been going on Facebook Live a lot, and they're using this tool, Ecamm Live, and we'll link it below as well and give a little example of what it looks like in this video, but it's, it's something that just allows salespeople that really don't know heads or tails of what like a post-production software looks like or an editing software looks like to make something that's still going to make people's eyebrows raise a little bit. on like, wow, how did you involve that visual aid in that little video that you sent me? I've never seen anything like that. Like those are those little moments right now where businesses are finding like a little edge to give that are getting, get, allowing people to have like a second look at what they're doing as an organization.
0: Nice. We'll drop a link for Ecamm live in the notes as well. I, I used that a long time ago, but I haven't used it in past couple of years. Um, it's very. It was user-friendly when I had it, so make sure you check that out, we'll drop a link for you. Next tip, let's uh, for a second act as though we don't even need to use the webcam in our computers. If you have any of the latest smartphones, the camera inside of these phones is absolutely impeccable. In fact, it's better than a lot of point-and-shoot cameras that cost the same amount that you could buy at a camera store. If you want the flexibility, first of all, of like, let's say you want to record in 4k, you can do that on an iPhone. It gives you more flexibility of your composition. So you can, if you're, it's getting a little technical here, but if you record in 4k and your output is 1080p, now you can zoom in, zoom out. You can do little things that aren't going to take away from the production value. Uh, But also the depth of field within these cameras is going to be a little tighter than what you'd get out of a webcam. Meaning if you want to have that kind of blurred out you can adjust the aperture on these lenses. And not to mention, this gives you more flexibility of where you can shoot. So it's a lot easier to prop your phone up somewhere than it is to maybe move your desktop or put your laptop on something. Or you could have one of your family members who you might be stuck at home with right now be your camera person and use the phone. In fact, in a pinch, I've recorded quite a few videos on my iPhone And they look better than most videos that I see people shooting with a DSLR. So realize that you're not limited to the webcam. If you have a a newer smartphone, if your staff has a newer smartphone, they can use that. We've done it at Impact multiple times. It works well. And it's relatively simple because everyone knows how to use that camera. So you're not stuck with the webcam. Look into other things as
1: well. All right. And my last tip, and this is a bit of a one-two punch, and it's also like a what you should not do just because I've cringed at a few videos I've seen in the last couple of weeks here is don't feel this requirement to have a virtual background when you are making your videos right now. Aside from it being one of the most distracting things to be looking at while you're listening to somebody talk to you, whether this be a conference call or a video call or um, just an actual video being recorded, it also plays against like your your ability to sort of humanize yourself. I'm sitting there wondering like, what are you hiding behind you that I can't see right now? And there's there's just something easier about talking to somebody or uh, watching a video from someone where you can see exactly what it is around them. It's just a little bit more transparency, a little bit more trust building. And and again, there's easy ways to just fix what the background is in your videos that shouldn't be embarrassing at any capacity. I mean, we all live in, generally speaking, very similar homes to each other. Uh, find a way just to put a little bit of background light behind you and have like some slightly aesthetically pleasing thing well before you have a picture of like Niagara Falls frozen behind you or something that is going to take away from people being able to focus on exactly what you're saying in your video or in your video call.
0: Yeah almost every single episode of the podcast and almost every video we have on film school for marketers, any video that I've made for our website has all been from the comfort of my home. No one's judging me on that. Right. So just use common sense as to what's in your background and You don't want anything distracting or messy. That's it. Use your own best judgment for that. It's pretty simple stuff. Um, On that same note, though, one thing you can do to improve the lighting in your videos, because this is a a pretty big issue that I see as well, especially if you're recording at home, you probably don't have professional studio lighting to light your videos, and that's absolutely fine. All of the light that you see on me right now is coming in through a window. It's 100% natural light. And for most of the videos that I record, I use natural light. It's soft light. It's free light and almost everybody has access to a window somewhere in their house. So if you just position yourself in front of a window, use that natural light to light you, you can create depth like I'm doing right now. Like I have, I'm standing out for my background because there's no other windows open or other there's, I have one light in the background here. That's just kind of for contrast, but, um, natural, I'm a big fan of it. It's, it's good light. It looks really good. It makes you look good. And so find a window and just set up in front of that and use that as your lighting source, It works and it looks good and I swear by it. So these have been eight tips for how you can have better looking videos, videos that look close to what they may have looked like pre-COVID when you had your videographer, when you had the fancy cameras, when you had the fancy equipment, things like this. But keep in mind, the fact that you can't do all of that doesn't mean that you can't keep recording stuff. In fact, I think that what's happening right now is going to have an effect on all video content in the future going to be a lot more tolerant of seeing people shooting things at home. We're going to be a lot more tolerant of low production value. Um, we're, We're probably never going to get tolerant of poor quality audio. So I would figure out what you need to do to adjust to that now. But just focus on creating the right types of content. Do the best you can to have the best production value that you can and encourage your staff to become their own version of video experts and expert communicators. Thanks for joining us today. We are so honored that we get to spend time with you every week. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Film School for Marketers podcast so you never miss an episode. Give us a like if you enjoyed it. Leave us comments down below. If you have any questions, we respond to every comment and we welcome those. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you tune in next week for a new episode of the Film School for Marketers podcast. Until we see you next time, keep learning.